I'm Tabby Smiley, and uh, I'm delighted to have you tuned in this hour. hope you enjoyed that tribute to the now late great Tony Bennett. And uh, as I said, his music will live on forever. He'll be sorely missed by all of those uh, who knew him and loved him. And I count myself um, honored to have been in that crowd. Uh, let me pivot now, uh, not at all, uh, gently, uh, to a topic that uh, that we need to spend a few minutes on addressing uh, because uh, the truth matters. And uh, if no one speaks the truth, uh, then the suffering of everyday people gets rendered invisible. So let's let's speak some truth here between now and the top of this hour. Here's the question. Did slavery benefit black folk? Florida governor and GOP presidential candidate Ron DeSantis seems to think so. He has doubled down on this nonsense, making headlines for defending his state's new approved African-American studies curriculum that teaches about the personal benefit of slavery. As if uh, slavery was some kind of vocational training program for us, as I say at the top of the show today, uh, saying that slavery was good for us because uh, we got jobs out of it um, is like saying that the Holocaust was good because we got Anne Frank's diary. It's like saying that apartheid was good because uh, we got President Nelson Mandela out of it. It is absurd, but that's my take. Time now for the take of Dr. Daniel Black, who I'm pleased to welcome back to this program, author and professor of African-American studies at Clark Atlanta University. Dr. Black, I didn't even got to say much to you. Um, I'll just repeat the question and let you run with it. Did slavery <laughs> benefit black folk? Hell no. This is the most ridiculous, the most absurd notion I've ever heard in my life. But I'm going to tell you what is true that that's hidden in this statement. Something is hidden in this statement, Tabby. You know what that is? What is it? Slavery benefited white folks. (laughs) And that's why he's saying it must have benefited black folks. Follow me for a minute. Mm -hmm. Because it so benefited white people on absolutely every conceivable level that surely it benefited black people in some kind of way. Because nothing could have been this absolutely beneficial to white people and black people didn't get some residual effects of it. That's what this is really about. This is about the ways in which slavery made America an empire. This is the dream of America. This is really what, what Trump meant when he said, let's make America great again. Because America was at its height during the 18th and 19th centuries, economically. And that's what's really important here. This is people mourning, mourning the death of slavery Mm. because it cost America so much. Mm. And this is important because to put in a curriculum the possibility that somebody could have benefited from slavery, this is like trying to ask, hmm, there were women who were raped did they get something out of that? Didn't they get something good out of that? Mm. That is the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard in my life. And to put this into a textbook, to teach this to middle school children is absolutely the most heinous of intellectual crimes conceivable. How is it, why is it, that America could be mourning the loss of slavery all these years later? Because America has never admitted out loud that it loved it. It loved it, wanted it, and needed it. Mm. Because it's such a heinous, heinous, heinous crime. And to say that out loud would just prove somebody just diabolical. But the real truth is America was diabolical. 
It was diabolical, Brother Tavis. And anybody who says differently is a part of this group that I'm talking about that really is decrying what are we going to do now? America can never think of anything as as efficient as slavery in terms of um, becoming wealthy. It tried all new systems. There are all kinds of books on this. You know, the new Jim Crow, slavery by another name. There are all these books that talk about the ways in which after slavery, America tried to devise new means of exploitation and oppression, trying to get the same economic results. Mm -hmm. But none of them was as extraordinary as slavery. Mm -hmm. What do you make of the fact that Ron DeSantis could say this, number one, could double down on it, number two, Yes. could get it put in a textbook being taught to children in Florida, as you said, number three, That's and right. essentially be able to get away with all of that. How do, how do you, what, what do you make of that? That he's done it, People, that he's done uh-huh, it, gotten away uh-huh. with it, yeah. That's right. And when we say gotten away with it, we, we're implying that this is so senseless that there's no way a person could actually say this out loud without getting in trouble. Exactly. But not only is there a way, Donald Trump opened the way, uh, um, and DeSantis is simply broadening it. Mm. And what this really is, we're in the age now where what people think about race, what people think specifically about black people in America, white folks are tired of tiptoeing about it. They're tired of tiptoeing about it. They're tired of saying it under their breath. They're tired of being ashamed about it. And the bottom line is, hey, black folks, if y'all don't like it, leave, get out. Mm. Get out. White folks have, are reclaiming America for itself as if they created it. As if they literally made this very soil. And they're unashamed about that because they're hiding that under the guise of patriotism. Mm. What 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 does this, this moment um, and what uh, DeSantis is doing in this moment, what does it say about the fragility or dare I say the futility of this experiment in democracy? It says two things to me, Tavis. One of those things it says is black. It's it's, it's a hard pill to swallow, but it's very true. And we had better hurry up and do it. And that is, Hey, black people, we're not going to teach your history in our school. Mm. We're not going to do it. Now here's the thing, Tavis, they never did it. Right. So this is not new. The problem here is we thought one day they would. Mm. This shows we're not going to teach your history in our schools. So what, where I am, Tavis, is to say, hey, black people, can we stop asking, praying, and begging for that? So then what's the alternative? We need to open some Saturday schools, Tavis, in black communities where kids are demanded to come by parents, churches, friends, etc., and teach our own history to our own children. Mm-hmm. We need to stop waiting on some other kinds of devices to teach our history to our children. How how much sense does that really make anyway? You know what I mean? How much mm-hmm. sense does it make really for us to wait for somebody else to teach our history? That really is a statement of our own self-hatred. Mm-hmm. Particularly when you consider, and you know this, uh, and I've made this point many times on this program in various conversations, uh, especially when you consider that the majority of black boys in this country, and black girls too for that matter, are being taught by white women teachers and I, right. I, I i'm not making a, i'm not casting aspersion on those white women teachers i'm just I'm, I'm trying to underscore your point that we're expecting a bunch of white women to teach black history <laughs> to, to our babies and when you think about it in that regard it is sort of silly is it not 
it, it's absurd. It's very much, it's very much, Tavis, like gazelles sending their 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 babies to the Lions Academy. Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's a good one. Uh, it's a it's a good one. I, I, it's a good on. one. Yeah. Uh, but, but here's the thing. It's not you. You made the point earlier that we. Well, let me just do this right. Let me let me let me set this up. We'll continue when we come forward. I heard your point loud and clear, Doctor Black. Powerful point that this is nothing new. Uh, that they've never taught our history, and many of us for years on end hoped and thought the day would come when they would teach our history. Okay, that's one thing to hope and pray that one day they will teach your history. It is another thing. Now, when they finally get around to it, it's revisionist history. That's a whole different issue, that what they are teaching is revisionist. That's what I want to come to when we come forward with our guest right now on Tavis Smiley, Dr. Daniel Black. Dr. Daniel Black, we're still laughing here in studio at your at your frame, uh, sending gazelles to the Lions Academy. We're still we're still tickled by that. Um, speaking of framing, let me share a comment with you. I, I asked my dear friend Connie Rice, uh, not Condoleezza Rice, Connie Rice. They are first cousins, yep, though. Their sir. politics are very different. I love Connie Rice. Connie, as this audience knows, is always talking as a regular contributor to this program about getting our frame right. I asked Connie what she thought about this. Yes. Uh, she couldn't join us today, but she sent me a quick text. And she says, Tavis, it, it echoes your comment. Here's what Connie says. Tavis, the nuance of this controversy is that the Florida standard was written with black scholar participation and says slaves received some personal benefit from the trades they were taught. This is the wrong context for that point, which doesn't get to get made except as a question and only after. After the National Apology for Slavery, full reparations, national slavery education, and full enactment of the Kerner Commission recommendations, we are having this absurd debate in a frame of anti-black whitewash, slavery denial, and a war on woke, white nationalist political movement. That is the wrong frame. It's the wrong frame, Connie says, for discussing whether it's even possible to find benefits of any kind for slaves and slavery. The benefits, as you said earlier, Dr. Black, Connie says, the benefits went to white slavers and the nation that those slavers built. She says, finally, and I defend Vice President Harris for attacking the standards with inaccurate hyperbole because the whole gone with the wind effort to whitewash history deserves hyperbole. And that's where she ends. I read that from Connie Rice because it, again, echoes um, what you said earlier, but it also brings me back to this notion of the history that they are teaching is revisionist history, and that is is, is another an, another troubling uh, factoid to this conversation. Your thoughts, sir? It is absolutely troubling, and, and Tavis, revisionist history is called lies. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But, but the point is, what is the point of a lie, especially when people are intentionally constructing it? The point of a lie is to save the consciousness of white supremacy, Mm. period. It's to save the consciousness of white supremacy, because the point of revisionist history is to make sure that white children don't feel badly for what their ancestors did. Mm. Now, the problem with that also is while we're protecting them so that they don't feel badly, they're reaping the benefits also of what their ancestors did. So, see, revisionist history, all it does is it refashions oppression into ways that people think they can live with. It refashions bigotry. It refashions racism into models and modes and um, frameworks. I love the sister's word into frames Mm -hmm. that will fit a modernist moment. 
It's the exact same crap that we've been doing all along. It just refashions it. And revisionist is a fancy word so that it sounds like an academic enterprise. <laughs> it sounds like something scholarly folks are doing. What people are doing is flat out lying. They're just flat out lying about things. Like, yes, the, um, uh, uh, the 1954 Brown versus Board of Education made, made, made public school education compulsory all over the nation. True. But what Florida also has got to teach is that Florida as a state initially rejected it. Mm-hmm. See, without teaching that, what you think then is, ah, oh, places like Florida must have been havens for black <laughs> people to run to. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In other words, if a person is not if if a person's not careful, Brother Tavis, when we get through with this revisionist history, heaven will be hell. That part. That part, <laughs> as we say, that part. I remaining moments, Dr. Daniel Black, when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. Got about four minutes left uh, in this conversation, Dr. Daniel Black. Uh, you were saying, Dr. Black, that when they get done with it, uh, heaven will be hell. Let me come back to that point right quick because that's what scares me, that this yes. stuff doesn't stop, right? Um, Ron that's DeSantis right. starts, the, I mean, Donald Trump started it. DeSantis is, is taking the baton and running with it. Who knows who he passes the baton to? This stuff seems to not have an end. I made the comment uh, some years ago, and people laughed that's at me right. when I said, if this Supreme Court continues it uh, down the path they're headed right now, we may very well end up three fifths of a person again in this country. And I wasn't joking when I said that. People thought it was a bit of hyper- I thought it was being hyperbolic, and I wasn't. We may end up back where we started, but that's my point. That this stuff seems to have no end, and that's what concerns me. What concerns you? What concerns me is a very similar thing, Tavis, and that, and it all, and what also concerns me is that the black imagination is so fragile right now. Mm. And what I mean by that is this. If we're not very, very, very careful in a minute, black folks in, in America are going to be convinced that having been brought to America was a gift because we didn't know Jesus in Africa. Mm. So getting here, we actually get the opportunity to be saved. That is the most ludicrous. But see, it's so unbelievably deeply ensconced because people are so now heavily religious as black folks in America. If we're not careful, those kind of spaces are susceptible to this kind of revisionist history, because in any way conceivable, any way possible, what black people want, so, so many black people want, is to get to heaven. We're trying our best to get to heaven. But, but, but the dream itself is a problematic dream, because the way we talk and the way we describe heaven sounds like a plantation tablet. You walk around heaven all day doing nothing. Who did that? When did we ever do that? That was somebody else's life. And then that dream included servants. So the last thing we want to do is die and go to heaven and have to wash streets of gold. You see? And so what I'm saying here is there are ways that if we don't get out of out of the imprisonment, the incarceration of our imagination. Not only are they going to revise the living history, people are going to revise the imagined world too. People are going to revise heaven. Folks are going to revise God. Folks are going to revise the things that have no physicality also, such that even when we start imagining ourselves, mm-hmm. we'll see them instead of us. In, 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 in 90 seconds, what's, what's the antidote to uh, this uh, feeble black imagination? Two things. Number one, Saturday schools, teaching our own children our own history. And number two, send our young people to black colleges. 
those are the two anecdotes that are very, very real that absolutely stand ready to be done right now. Nothing imagined. Let's start right now. There you have the recommendation of Dr. Daniel Black. Um, he's a product, as you might imagine, <laughs> of a black college uh, and moreover teaches at one. Uh, he's professor uh, of African-American studies at Clark Atlanta University in the ATL, of course, uh, author uh, and brilliant uh, public intellectual who I am always delighted, honored and frankly tickled. He always he, he, he comes with it, but he also makes me laugh as well. I'm holding on to that one. It's like sending gazelles uh, to the Lions Academy. I'm going to hold on to that one for the rest of the day. Dr. Black, good to have you on, my friend. All the best. You will do it again soon, sir. Sounds great. Thanks for having me, Tavis. Appreciate you. One more hour to go, and that means it uh, must be time for Taj Mahal to join us live in studio. I'm told he's in the building. He'll be in studio in just a moment. Stay with us. You're listening to Tavis Smiley.